Hi, I'm Max there. I'm the founder of QuickWick, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, I'm thrilled today because we have an app entrepreneur uh, who's going to be talking through his app. And uh, if you want to go and just check it out before listening, just to know what we're talking about, I would suggest you go to this domain name. It's uh, GetTreat. Uh, but it's very clever. It's uh, Get, G-E-T-T-R-E, and then dot A-T. Very clever use of the domain there. And uh, it's about sending a treat anywhere. It's location-based gifts. A really cool idea. It's Nick O'Neill. And I want to just warm, give you a warm welcome to the App Guide podcast, Nick. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Tell, tell us about your app, uh, Get Get Treat. Uh, what what gave you the idea? So, uh, uh, Treat is um, an idea that I had about uh, not not that I had that my wife had about um, almost a year ago. At this point, um, we had sent a series of of gift cards or gift certificates to to various places to um, to both sides of our family, uh, right? You know, like within the same two week period. And um, the one the process that I that I had gone through to to send a gift certificate to my mother who lives in Philadelphia and I'm in San Francisco uh, was just so so terrible. I had to uh, you know call up this local business. You know, there's only one of them. It's not a big chain. And then they had me. They had emailed me a PDF, and I had to uh, you know type all my information, my credit card information, into that, and I had to fax that back to them. Because that was the only way they could receive it for some reason. You had to and what? They, Fa- what's a fax? I had to fax it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How on earth do you go about faxing anything? I don't. I wouldn't even know where to start. Oh, there's just these these services where you can like you know you email them the PDF and they fax it okay. for you. It's it's really a really bad experience. Anyway, then what they do is they put together a physical card with you know some sort of a paper gift certificate, and then they physically send that in the mail to the recipient, and. The process there was just so mind-bogglingly complex uh, and unnecessary in you know today's day and time with all of our our technology. Um, that uh, my wife kept on telling me, you know, we we should really solve this problem because believe it or not, no one has really done this for businesses, and um, and so uh, I, I sort of dismissed it at first, and I thought. Um, you know, I, someone else has probably done something similar. It's not really worth it. It's it's not all that interesting. And uh, and then we had this other sort of similar thing happen with um, with her sister who lives in Las Vegas. And so I, I had these two pieces of evidence that this was really hard and no one had really solved it. Uh, and so it sort of sat in the back of my head for a little bit of time. And then I did some research and into all the sort of technology pieces because I'm a, a contract app developer. So I know... I, you know, sort of the pieces of how they would go together and what you would have to do to put together something that could, that could be significantly easier than this terrible process I went through. Um, and, uh, eventually, um, she convinced me that it was, it was, you know, uh, an idea worth <laughs> looking at in, in more detail. And, um, uh, we worked on it sort of, uh, uh, part-time for, for a while, um, while I was doing other contracts and, um, and then we finally got something that we um, we wanted to release uh, maybe about a month ago, and um, and and now we're shipping something that I'm pretty happy with, 
it's it's an MVP. It's it's pretty pretty basic, but it's it's got all the the pieces there that I think are going to make sending gifts to um, to to people. Um, well, I have uh, to say, Nick, Nick, it's it's just such a great idea, and the fact is that what what I'm learning from you immediately is that there are disruptive ideas all around us, and everyone listening to this right now could just think about. You know those experiences that, that that if you you go through life and you you, you are up against the wall trying to you know do something, then the idea is to to think disruptively and uh, go and do something about it. Uh, and I also love the idea that you you had the idea and it was niggling at you for some time and <laughs> and you just couldn't let it go. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk about um, disruption for disruption's sake, uh, especially in San Francisco. Um, you know, entrepreneurs come in and they want to disrupt an industry regardless of whether or not it, it actually warrants disrupting, essentially. Um, and I think it's these little things that sort of really bother people that are, uh, I mean, it's, it's like taxis, right? Like Uber and Lyft are, are genuinely one of those things that make riding in a car, taking a short ride somewhere, actually an enjoyable experience. And with taxis, that was not the case. It was a terrible experience. Um, and they, they actually, like, they solved the problem as opposed to um, sort of, you know, what I was mentioning before, disruption for disruption's sake. So, Nick, I have to say that it, it sounds great because we've caught you at the exact right moment to try and figure out how we can learn from all the things that you've done so far. So you're only one month into shipping the uh, MVP, the Minimum Viable Product, and do you have any tips on on the process that you've gone through to get to the stage where you're at now? Um, I think I think we took a we took a lot longer than I would have originally liked to have done. Uh, I think I would have. Lo- I mean, knowing the technical pieces that went into it, you could have gone from point A zero code to point B a full you know MVP in maybe two months of solid work. Um, but what we really, what we really got over the course of I think it's probably been about nine months um, was a lot of insight into how people wanted to use it and the features that we should have for an MVP. And so I'm I'm sort of glad that we took such a long time with it um, that we did because we were able to to reach out to our friends and say, hey, we have this idea. We're sort of starting to build it. What do you guys think? What do you think would be like the the way to uh, approach this problem? Um, and, and it's, it's, I think it's really done well for us. I like the, the, the simple choices that we've made by giving it a little bit more time rather than trying to rush to get something out that we thought was the right thing nine months ago. Yeah. How'd you get feedback? I I think that's, we always hear it from many of the successful guests that feedback is uh, essential, but how'd you go around getting feedback? I'm guessing that you had the app on your own phone and you're just showing friends and family as you, you know, you see them. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's basically it. Um, you basically, um, you either, you know, I'm incredibly lucky to have a, a great, uh, support system of of friends in San Francisco. Um, I worked at a company, uh, more than five years ago that was just so incredibly close. Everyone there has, you know, it's not, it didn't feel like a company. It felt like a family. And, uh, I've kept in touch with basically everybody I, I used to work with. And 
you know, people toss ideas off of other people all the time. Um, and, you know, we've all been in the business for so long in San Francisco that it's, it's, easy, it's easy to evaluate others' ideas from outside and, and give really helpful advice uh, to your friends. So, Nick, I want to change gears slightly because I think, again, the Amster tribe listening to this, there are uh, some uh, potentially good app developers who are worried about you know, leaving a corporate job. And you mentioned that you're contracting as an app developer. I wondered if we could talk a little bit about that because it could help some people uh, figure out you know, how to make money on the side rather than quitting their job and just suddenly having to rely on these 99 cents apps that they're creating, you know, which is not going to <laughs> be enough to put bread on the table. So uh, could you talk to us a little bit about uh, any insights you have for contracting as an app developer? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, it's really uh, the best way to get into starting your own business. And um, again, I, I'm going to go back to the the whole like community of people around you. A lot of people move to San Francisco and say, uh, I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start my own startup right away, or I'm gonna go contract right away as soon as I move to a new city. And I always encourage people not to do that. To join some sort of a a group that you have to be a part of, some sort of a company, I mean, even if it's only for a couple of years, you'll make so many connections, and then you can go off and do your own contracting thing. And then with the whole contracting uh, deal, um, you can really scale up and down your hours based on. The other things that you want to work on. I mean, I've been doing contracting stuff for for more than five years, and it's you know every time I come up with a project, not all of them are great, <laughs> but every time I come up with a project, I can always sort of scale my hours back on my contracting, put a little bit of time towards an idea to try and figure out whether or not it's the right one, and um, and then if it doesn't go anywhere, I can pick up more contracts and be right back on that, or I can you know I can as I'm starting to do now sort of drop more and more of my contracts and spend more and more of my, of my time on the, um, the, the project that I want to spend time on, which is, you know, my own. And, and Nick, so it sounds great that you could just, uh, up or down your hours. And, uh, I mean, are there any resources that you tend to use? I'm guessing a lot of these, uh, opportunities come through, through word of mouth and your reputation that you've built up over the years. Uh, but there, is there any other resources that you could talk to that would help us out in terms of uh, uh getting contracts yeah, or... yeah getting contracts I, mean, I can imagine like you know you obviously you have to be confident about your own abilities thinking oh, okay i'm going to be spending um only a few hours this month because i've got this really great idea i want to get out uh, and then next month you're like oh i've got no money in the bank i, I better get some contract <laughs> work oh click the fingers here it is you know how, how do you I mean, how do you actually uh, generate some of those opportunities to contract it's, out? It's definitely not easy to start, but you, um, I get a, a significant portion of my of my contracts from friends, friends, you know, uh, companies that other friends are working at, referrals from friends of friends, that sort of thing. Um, and I think critically, it's it's most important to let people know that this is what you're doing now. You are contracting, and they should be thinking about you if someone needs some work done. Uh, I'm really always surprised when I, you know, meet someone and, uh, someone I, I, I've known in the past and I tell them, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing iOS contracting now. It's really fun. And they say, Oh, I, I had no idea. Um, I had just this thing the other day that I could have recommended you for. Um, and you know, you, you say these things on Twitter and sort of expect your whole social circle to know about it, but it's not, uh, you know, people don't keep in, in uh, perfect touch with their entire Twitter history. 
So uh, you just have to remind people gently every once in a while that you're doing this thing, um, you know, you're available or you have such and such amount of time available. Um, and of course, if you don't have that solid network of people that you know in your city, uh, you can always go to uh, meetups and just, you know, meet people who are doing similar stuff or go to meetups um, about, uh, you know, starting a business or, or being an entrepreneur. And there's lots of people there who, who are dying to, to find uh, either contractors or, you know, technical co-founders or just all sorts of stuff. I mean, again, it comes back to networking and it's certainly something I believe in. Uh, and I like the idea of uh, what you reminded me of uh, something that's very important, which I do as well, is that when you're having a discussion with someone in your network, that you remind them of like your two biggest or three biggest challenges. You know, so I'm always reminding people that my biggest challenge is to continue getting good guests for the show, for example. And it's just nice that you leave that person with an idea of what you're actually looking for. Uh, and it's amazing how many people help out. Isn't that right? Oh, it's, it's totally right. Uh, there's just, I mean, people are incredibly helpful, but you know, they have to know that you, uh, you're looking for help in the first place. So again, uh, we're flicking around a little bit here, but there's so many interesting things we could talk about. I know that there are people listening right now who are uh, launching their app. You've just been into the launch phase. We know that the, the first seven days on the app store is incredibly important. Have you figured out any good strategies for actually the day that you launch, the week that you launch, uh, or, or, or was it a case of you, you just, you know, you ended up putting it up on the Apple app store and, and hoping for the best? No, I think I, I sort of understood to start that this was going to be a slow process. It wasn't a, you know, a free or a, you know, in-app purchase game. So I'm not, I'm not trying to assault the app store. Uh, it's, it's a thing that people have to, you know, pay real money for, and it's not going to be an overnight success. So I wasn't that concerned about getting app store adoption immediately. I was mostly concerned about getting something through Apple's process, making sure that that was, you know, this was going to be an idea that they were going to be okay with. And I wasn't going to spend more of my time working on something that, you know, Apple was just not happy with. Um, and then, you know, incrementally improving stuff and making sure I sort of reach out more slowly as, as I'm more confident that, um, that we have something that people like. Yeah, I have to say that, I mean, if there's anybody out there who doesn't actually know what the Apple process is like, I mean, it's seriously, you could have gone through this nine months of creating this app for an iOS app and then been at that stage where you submitted it and for some reason Apple didn't like, you know, something. <laughs> and uh, and unfortunately, you can't get, uh, you can't have a discussion with them beforehand about, hey, do you like this idea? Or, you know, is this going to be likely as an app you can get approved? They just won't do anything. So you do have to, unfortunately, put the work in, create the app, and then just hope for the best. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting situation in that sense. Um, I mean, I've... I've been working on iOS stuff for long enough that I know the um, the review guidelines pretty well, but I I still tend to be surprised at how um, how some rules are interpreted every time I sort of submit something new and, and go through the process. Um, so it's it's definitely a, even though I was pretty sure we'd get through, it's it's always in the back of your head, you know, like maybe maybe it's not someone's day and they you know. They don't, you know, you've caught them at a bad time or something. These are, these are humans after all. So, you know, 
Humans make mistakes. I've had plenty of apps rejected, Nick. So it's like, uh, I, I unfortunately know the process. And um, But uh, there are two more things we need to do before I, I say goodbye. And the first thing is that we love to come up with uh, new ideas. You're obviously in the midst of a terrific idea that's disruptive. But I wondered, you know, in your... Uh, sort of entrepreneurial walk around San Francisco. Uh, have you thought about any other app ideas that you could share with us that maybe we could take away? Uh, any app ideas? Uh, uh, not off the top of my head. No, I tend to um, tend to get wrapped up in in what I'm focused on, and uh, you know, I have two separate modes. One is you know thinking about how to improve the thing that I'm working on, and the other one is sort of like a. Uh, uh, what kind of crazy new ideas am I thinking about today? And I'm solely focused on this right now. So uh, I, I can't say I've been coming up with a whole lot of extra ideas. Yeah, I know that it's uh, important to focus. That's one of the, the things that I had to learn the hard way, um, you know, jumping from different thing to different thing. Uh, the, the other thing we can do then is that uh, we tend to flesh out ideas from particular pain points that you may be suffering uh, right now. And it can be, you know, some some of the work that you're contracting or maybe uh, the the work you're doing on GetTreat. But do you have any pain points, any frustrations you can share with us uh, that, you know, over the last few months that uh, could could be something we could solve? Uh, I'd say, I'd say communicating with a, a team, but in the last couple of months, Slack has really, you know, solved a lot of those problems for me. So that would have been my biggest, my, my biggest complaint. Um, and you know, something ripe for, uh, uh, for, for something to come along and dominate. And obviously Slack has, so they realized that. Uh, um, but I guess I'm, I'm just going to go, go on the Slack, uh, diatribe here. They, they also purchased this company screen hero recently, which I, I used before that. Um, which uh, lets you do basically um, uh, pair programming. It's it's not just like uh, screen sharing, but you can actually control the other person's computer as well while you're sitting there, you know, working on a project with them. Um, I mean, I'm sure it, it affects um, other other ways you can work together as well. But the way I've used it um, is is really great to work with other, you know, developers and review code or. or or similar things like that, and you can you know work collaboratively with them, um, and that was that was my other big big issue is uh, you know trying to trying to screen share with people essentially. It's it believe it or not that is still something that is so hard to do. Yeah, it's I mean because obviously when we were working sort of five six years ago, it was a case you'd be working in the same building. You know, you can peer over the the colleague's shoulder and and work together. Uh, but now with this, you know, adoption of remote working, then we do need these uh, resources. So I'll definitely put uh, links in the show notes to anyone listening who wants to just check some of these things out. We've mentioned uh, go to uh, theappguy.co and search for episode two six seven with Nick O'Neill, and you'll see. Uh, I'm a big Slack fan as well. I've been using that uh, recently. Uh, and it's uh, very good at keeping you in touch with, uh, you know, all the team. I, I, and uh, actually, there's one more thing I think about it as I'm listening to you is the um, there's a new service or some sort of video streaming of called Watch Me Code. I think that's what it's called. And I may have to put a link on the show notes, but 
it's where you can actually just that's all you do is you end up watching people live coding yeah i think it's probably an extension of um uh, something very specific um that essentially twitch did twitch is like the the streaming gaming network that that um yeah, they were uh, that's very popular that wasn't yeah. it yeah I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I think didn't someone like buy them out for like wasn't it Google or someone? Um, I'm pretty sure I heard about it through the buyout. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people were using that platform as sort of a you know also watch me code my game and then you know we can play it we can you know interactively sort of like watch me play it and create it at the same time uh, and and so something that is more niche towards watch people code and, you know, have sort of commentary or, or, uh, this back channel related to that is, is very interesting. Well, the final thing then is that this is a show about apps and you are in you know, the heartland of where all the uh, action is going. So I wondered if you had one or two apps on your phone that you could recommend to us, uh, that, uh, maybe we've not come across before, uh, that could be in your business or, or pleasure. Uh, let's see what I got here. Um, I just downloaded, and this may have been something that was on Product Hunt the other day, uh, Hooks, which is just sort of like notifications for everything you could possibly want. You know, like there's a, an earthquake near a particular location, you get a notification. If there's you know a new TV show uh, or a new episode of a particular uh, TV show, you get a notification. If you know. Your favorite sports team is playing or has won. You get a notification. It's just got all these categories, and it's it's based just around notifications. Um, so it's sort of like uh, I want to say like um, if uh, if Yo had been just a little bit more complex. <laughs> You're not um, mentioning Yo, are you? <laughs> that- that's. Uh, now, that's so. My, that, that's. Uh, I mean, that one app is like it's just crazy how much they spent on the marketing and the, the the whole buzz about this stupid app. That I'm not sure. I've never met anybody who's uh, used it more than maybe three or four times. You know, on the first day they downloaded it, and that is it. Uh, exactly, and yet it got all this press, and you know, like oh, that was yes. <laughs> it just shows you how crazy. Uh, you know, does it feel like we're in a bit of a bubble? I mean, that that, that those sorts of examples. You know, where you get these big hits from. Uh, uh, these crazy apps does it feel like we're actually in an overheated market for apps I think that there's always people who will invest uh, sort of irrationally in in things that are become super super hot uh, in a very short period of time Um, you'll never get around that I think the question is whether or not whether or not there are enough of those in a small time period to call it a bubble um, or whether or not uh, you know these sort of VCs or investors recognize these short-term uh, wins or these you know really quick short apps that people sort of uh, quickly forget about uh, in a reasonable amount of time, and I, I don't think that happens. Um, that happens too much right now. I think that um, there is enough interesting stuff, at least reasonably interesting stuff, that's coming out that um, people are investing in and not. Total nonsense, like yo. 
(laughs) if I were to give my opinion. Well, I would say that anyone who is presented with two options, one option is to download Yo and the other option is to download GetTreat, then I would much rather you have your app. And I can't wait for it to be uh, global. I'm, I'm guessing it's very localized to perhaps the U.S. at the moment, maybe even just... It is. It's yeah. just the U.S. at the moment, unfortunately. So whenever you're uh, interested in uh, going global, you have to go global quick, you know, Nick, because uh, someone <laughs> will be jumping on your idea. And uh, and uh, that's how uh, Halo uh, made, you know, so much money in their uh, IPO, uh, which is a, basically a ripoff of Uber, as, as far as I can tell. So, um, you know, these, these uh, ideas, uh, they, they spread pretty quickly. And <laughs> so you need to get across to the UK quick nick yep <laughs> well how best can we how best can we reach out and connect with you what's the best way um i'm on uh twitter at nick o'neill all one word um or um uh if you go to my website uh nick o'neill.name it's got plenty of contact information for me for uh email or phone or whatever okay that's nick o'neill.name and uh, as I say in our pre-chat, that was uh, the first dot name I've come across. It's really cool. I'm tempted to get one myself. And uh, yeah, uh, oh Nick, it's it's been just so pleasurable talking through with you on the the show. Thank you so much for coming on and just talking through Get Treat and uh, the disruptive ideas that you've had and helping us understand uh, what it's like to be a contract uh, app developer as well. And uh, thanks for being so inspirational and, and uh, coming on. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun.